I'm Bruce Worson, pastor of His Place Community Church. The following message came from a Sunday morning right here at His Place. What does your life say about God? <laughs> Good question. Moreover, how exactly is that message communicated? Okay? I want you to just be thinking about that as we move on here. Uh, last Sunday, we saw Jesus surprisingly send the previously possessed Gadarene into the Gentile Decapolis, those 10 cities, as an apostle, if you recall. It says Jesus sent him away saying, go home to your people. Return to your house and report to them and describe the, the great things that the Lord God has done for you and how he had mercy on you. So he went away. It's when Jesus asks you to do something, you do it. So he went away, proclaiming throughout the whole city and began to proclaim in the Decapolis, the whole 10 cities, the great things Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed. I bet. I bet they were. I'm sure they were. Because have you heard this guy's testimony? This is what Bruce said last week. Do you remember what the guy is that he just sent out there? Just to recap, this apostle that he just fixed up and sent out used to be a demon-possessed man from the town that was so violent no one could pass that way. For a long time, this man had not worn clothes. And he, lived, he didn't live in a house, but had lived in the tombs, for he had often been chained hand and foot. But he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet and had been driven by the demon into solitary places. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day, among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones." Yow. But now, after Jesus told the other Gentiles in that region across the pond not to talk about his miracles until he's ready to fulfill Isaiah, he suddenly, out of nowhere, commands this guy to just go yell it on the mountain, over the hills, and everywhere. Why? There's got to be a better option. Why this guy? Well... Believe it or not, this guy is exactly who Jesus was waiting for. Because as Bruce noted, there is a whole sermon to be had based on Jesus just saying, that's my guy. And so here we go. You see, Jesus goes to the house of Israel first, right? Because they have the scriptures. And over there, he's making his case as the Messiah through the scriptures, while on the Gentile side of the lake, where they just, they don't know their Bible from Adam, well, preaching takes on a whole different form. Here, he's got to demonstrate who he is to a people who don't even know what to look for. So, he needs to grab their attention, he needs to hold their interest, and he needs to explain who he is without biblical backup. It's a tall order. But lucky, good for us that he created us. He knows exactly what to do here. And he knows exactly what's going to get this done. An incredible illustration. 
Because, he, again, he knows, he, he designed us for this, and he knows that a picture is worth a thousand words. But if you want to preach your whole basic Bible in just one quick pick, you're going to need a profound painting. And it has to be deep and detailed and captivating. And it has to be personal. Because the picture we present in our life preaches the God that we trust with our life. Right? That's how it works. It's the outer visible effect of our inner invisible cause. Okay? That's, the, that's, that's that Hebrews 11 faith right? that we're talking about. That's the, the evidence of the unseen changes that are inside you. And here's this really cool part. You, you only need to see one side to know them both. Because that's how cause and effect work. All right, and I got this great example. This is how I remember this. It's just, it stuck with me for a long time. Back in the 1840s, uh, astronomers were just loving using Newton's relatively new laws of gravity and everything to make sense of the solar system. They were, hey, it, it works. It checks out. And they're tracking everything. And while they're mapping the path of the planet Uranus, they found that it had an unusual orbit for some reason. So those who trusted the law, and that wasn't everyone, by the way. Some people said, oh, the laws don't work. But those who trusted the laws, they looked closer. And they concluded that this observed effect could only be caused by some unknown planet's gravity. And so they were like, well, I mean, if the laws work out, it's got to be. And so based on that unusual orbit that they saw, they predicted where this unseen planet would have to be, they aimed their telescopes, and they discovered Neptune. That's how they found it. Isn't that interesting? And here's the upshot of that. Every observable product, outcome, or effect points us to a root cause that will explain whatever picture is being presented. That's cool. That's key. That is a great principle. And it's what we call reverse engineering, right? We've seen that. You see something, and you go, how does this work? And you figure it out backwards. And that idea is actually at the core of Jesus' teaching that we also looked at last week when he says, a good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. For every tree is known by its own fruit. You got that? It works both ways. The root decides the fruit, and the fruit reveals the root. Right? Okay. So that means if we want to present that perfect and profound picture of everything that Jesus is, well, he needs to be made visible by the effect that he's having in our life. Our fruit must reveal he's at the root. That's how it works. And that, to do that, that means a full-fledged surrender to Jesus as the sole cause in our life. Because once you do that, from there, our attitudes and actions will prove his presence and his power as fruit because they just naturally grow in the hearts of all of us who receive and plant God's love, grace, and truth. 
And after you get that in there and it starts growing, then we produce love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's what grows. However, whatever we farm will fail if our passion is pretend. Okay, there's the unfortunate caveat. That's just how it works. What you farm will fail if your passion is pretend because you just can't fake nurturing. Guys, either there's an authentic desire to tend to a tree or it dies. That's nature. That's how it works. So in order for us to keep it real, we got to get excited because joy fuels our passion for action and it keeps the connection to our cause on the inside active and evident on the outside. Because the gospel is what kind of news? Yeah, it's good news. I don't feel like you meant that, though. The gospel is what kind of news? Yeah, that's good news, guys. It is good news. And so people who plant it should share it with eager energy and deep desire, if you mean it. Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. It's my strength. That's where it comes from, the joy of the Lord. And it's when you are just ripe with this authentic, exciting, and joy-filled fruit that people just can't help but see it and be compelled to know what caused it. How are you that way? Which is exactly why we need to always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have and that they're seeing just like the Gadarene. Because the picture that this guy, that this guy presented with his before and after picture of meeting Jesus, it was apples and oranges. Everyone who saw him had to ask, what planet had this effect on you? Right? And this, though, right here, is where most of us get most nervous. Because you just, oh, what do, what do you say, right? How do you explain your faith on the whole in this one unexpected moment? <coughs> and how do you make it effective, right? You're so afraid that oh, I'm going to say the wrong thing, it's not going to come out right. Well, guys, let's just learn from the Gadarene. We got a great example right in front of us because he got prepared with direct instructions from Jesus himself. And you remember what he said? Just describe what great things the Lord God has done for you and how he had mercy on you. That doesn't sound so hard, does it? No, we can do that. Why are you that way, Jesus? That's why. But I want you to just picture this actually happening, okay? Like, let's just imagine you're out at the market getting some figs, okay? And then suddenly... Oh, there's old naked crazy. Old naked crazy from the cemetery. And he's headed right toward you. Oh, not again. This guy's going to get weird. He always does. And he's going to go berserk. But hang on. He's got pants. <laughs> he's got pants and a haircut. 
And he's just walking and smiling like a normal person. And so then he comes up and he stops and he says, your name. Hey, Bill, old buddy, how you been? And you're just frozen with your jaw on the ground. And all you can do is just look him up and down and say, Gad, is, is that you? What on earth happened? And he just politely laughs and says, oh, yeah, I get that a lot. Well, I met, I met a guy named Jesus. And that's it. Right there in that moment, without argument, effort, or any intention, Jesus' power, purpose, grace, mercy, and love was just preached and proven by the incredible illustration of his effect alone. Isn't that something? That's amazing. And what's really cool is that this experience that would have happened would have been repeated day in and day out as he followed Jesus' orders to just walk around the Decapolis and just tell everyone what caused the incredible change. That's it. That was the whole mission. And we can see just how profound these encounters must have been by observing the cumulative effect on the whole region. This works. You can check the cause by looking at the effect on anything. And you know what happened in that region? It got changed. Because back in the beginning, immediately after Gad's hillside exorcism, when the demons went out and into the pigs, well, we're told that all the people of the region of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them because they were overcome with fear. Get out. But after Gad spent some time in the region as the walking, talking picture that just preaches Jesus, well, Jesus returns and is now welcome to feed 4,000 on the same slopes that he was previously kicked off. That's cool. And when we notice that, when you take a look at that, when you see that, when you see the change, we get to see this, this really powerful poetic peak that just shows us how incredible his transformative effect really, truly is. Because the whole country was changed. And here's why. With regular, run-of-the-mill, broken humans, God can paint a picture so compelling that everyone who sees them knows they've also seen him. And afterward, they're just itching to aim their telescopes in his direction to check it out. Wow. And guess what? I think you know where this is going, guys. It works exactly the same way in your life, in every single one of our lives. Because every effect that God has had on you shows up as organically grown fruit in that new picture that you are painting with your life. And to the degree that you make Jesus your life's cause, that drive, that motivation in your heart, that root of everything, your life will be guaranteed transformed by his effect. Money back guarantee. However, do remember this. Remember that growth is a process, and whatever you do, do not get discouraged if you feel that your fruit ain't worth picking. Because I am here to tell you it is. I guarantee it. 
and I'm, I'm aware that it doesn't feel like it all the time. We all struggle to grow in different seasons, right? There's parts of our life where it just does not seem evident. But it's there, I promise you. And here's, the, the problem is we don't detect the slow and steady progress because we're just too close to see the cumulative effect that others can. They see it. But sometimes you don't notice that one degree at a time that's going on in your life. And I know this because I, I got this reminder myself just recently. When I, God gave me a great gift this past Easter. It was so cool. Um, right before service, this last Easter, I was greeting people walking around in the back, and I shook hands with a guy that I hadn't seen in the 15 years since my rowdy bartending chapter. And uh, as we were talking about how funny it was that we were getting to see each other at church, I got to blow his mind and say, oh, whoops, uh, I, I got to go. We're about to start, and I'm a pastor here. <laughs> Best face ever. <laughs> it was so good. But what was really, really cool about this was that someone else told me, he mentioned the encounter later and said, Noah? <laughs> Can you believe it? He used to be so naughty. <laughs> and I was like, oh my Lord. I, just lo-. I didn't have to say a single word, but those 15 years spoke all at once and all about Jesus. That's oh, so cool. And I think we all need that reminder that that's how it works. You're here because your tree is growing and your fruit is showing, I promise you. Maybe we all need a, a good uh, high school reunion to, to just show up and then people will let you know, whoa, things are different. <laughs> but it's happening right now for you. And there are tons of people on your path who are looking everywhere for something. Maybe your fruit. But like Paul says, how then can they call on the one they've not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they've not heard? How can they hear without someone preaching to them? Good point, they can't. They just can't, unless we step up. And if we are God's children, we are also the Lord's ambassadors. You are an apostle because you've been sent specifically to the people in the region right around you. And you need, you must recognize the significance of this corner of God's kingdom that you're in because it could be the beginning of something big, huge, unimaginable. You don't know, I don't know. I mean, do you think that the Gadarene thought that his 10 city testimony tour would light the fire that led the way for all Christians, including us? Like Bruce said, this is a huge moment. This is He's starting the whole movement on that side of the lake just by walking around and telling people, I'm normal. <laughs> <clears throat> Probably not. I don't think he thought that. <laughs> I think he just was doing whatever he could in the moment. But that's not what any of us are aiming for, right? We're not trying to start the revolution and change things. It's not our job to sell God or to convict hearts or to convince others who stubbornly refuse to believe. That's God's job. That's not us. 
You're simply commanded and commissioned to be ready with an answer if somebody asks what caused the things that they're seeing in you. And remember, you've already got that answer. Jesus, it's that simple. It's the picture that you present with your life that does the real talking. The words that you say after that just provide clarifying commentary. It's helping them understand it. Right? Remember that when you're out there. You don't need to. It's not about the words that you're saying. It's about the life that you're living. And remember, like the Gadarene, we are sent to a people largely Bible illiterate who need a, a demonstration much more than a discussion because they might not ever even open God's book unless you are the one who provides an inspiring illustration. Realize that. It's got to be something good looking. So before we close up here, I got one more illustration I want to share. And I want you to really consider this last example because once again, our, our country is just full of hurting hearts. They're hunting to understand one tragedy after another. We just, one on top of the next. And while we're sitting here debating the cause and the solution, I want to point out a picture that really just preached to me. And it came from the Amish community, believe it or not. Now, yes, sure, there are some very specific doctrinal differences between us and the Amish, but they are nothing if not fundamentally Christian. And if you recall, back in 2006, their community suffered an awful awful school shooting that took the lives of five young girls as well as the shooter. But incredibly, I mean, unfathomably, that hopeless picture of death was repainted, painted over by the way that they just lived afterwards. Because within hours, hours the community got together and announced that they had forgiven the gunman and they began immediately taking up a collection for his widow and his family. And families who had buried their own daughters the day before then attended the shooter's funeral to console his family. And one of them remarked, what I found out in my own experience is if you bring what little pieces you have left to God, he somehow helps you make good out of it. And I see that happening in this school shooting as well. The whole world got to see the simple message of forgiveness. Amen. Can I get an amen? I need an amen. That blew me away. Everyone who was looking saw exactly what the reason was for their hope. Because those lives said an awful lot about God. And I gotta believe that if that kind of message was preached through each one of our lives, well, we could transform this country faster than a single Gadarene who inspired the world with one illustration. And listen, I mean, come on. We're on our way, guys. We are there because you're here. And just by being here, you're already preaching to everyone in your life who is looking. You're telling them that there is something about God that has vastly affected your orbit. So, 
tend to your roots, but then get out there, live it up, and share some fruit. Amen? Amen, Amen, guys. Let's pray. Father God, we just love you, and we are eager to grow that life-changing fruit that only comes from a heart with you alone at the root. Holy Spirit, we just ask that you help us live out the great things you're doing in us so everyone sees you and just has to ask. And Lord Jesus, we praise you for inspiring us with such an incredible illustration that we're compelled to paint your picture with our lives. And everybody said, Amen. Well, thanks for listening in. Why don't you join us on a Sunday morning? If you'd like more information about the church, just point your browser to hisplacechurch.com. Until next time, may the Lord bless you, keep you, and make his face shine upon you.